Hello and welcome to Recovery Survey, the podcast where we survey recovering addicts with different backgrounds and different links of clean time and ask them questions about different recovery topics. Our guest today is Elizabeth Grant. She is the author of It, The Ugly Icky Stuff and How I Learned to Trust. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. So tell me a little bit about the inspiration in writing your book. Well, the inspiration to write the book was John and I got married in May of 2018. In July of 2018, I had a falling out with the person that helped me, his extended family. Now, in recovery, it's not always roses. There's hills and valleys. You're still going to get depressed. That's when you have to hang on and work your life and your program, right? So I fell into a, a depression as a result. I just didn't, I was cut. You know, I'm not playing the victim as I say that. It's just at the time in 2018, I just was like completely shattered because I, I love this family so much. I still do. In my writings, it's a memoir. It's not a very big book, but it's, it's got a cool cover. Yeah, it's pretty dark. It kind of grabs you like, hey, I got issues, man. Through circumstances and getting married and just life happening and through life's ups and downs, disappointments, I finally saw what I was doing really to myself. Just this one piece that was, it was killing me. And I think if I didn't look at it, it probably eventually would have relapsed. I visualized the situation in my hand and I just gave it. I visualized me handing it. It was miraculous. It was like my perception had changed. I knew, realized that, oh my God, I'm not reacting like I used to. I'm so grateful that I saw this when I did. It opened my heart more. One of my closest friends, she uh, suggested that I write. And when I wrote, I wrote for three hours and I 10,000 words over the course of a week. And then halfway through, I knew that I was going to be wanting to try to see if I could publish it. And then it happened. It was like it all came together. As I was saying, to answer your question, how I came to the revelation that, oh my God, I was doing this. I've only had two incidences in my life because I, I am a believer in a God. Having that relationship deeper as far as trust, I was still lacking. I still struggled in relationships, uh, dynamics, of course, because of trust. I think it's because I, I was unwilling to look at the truth. It was only when I finally gave this last piece of myself, this piece of my heart, that things became so much clearer. And then I was really able to, in a way, blossom in a sense and really come into my own through my writing. And it was, it came so natural. Like I, a writer, oh my God. And I don't say that to be pompous. My father he loved English. He was a typesetter. He proofread the Dodger Blue magazine. He loved to write. And now that I'm 48, I have such an appreciation because my mom and dad, they raised us great. My dad's no longer with us, but I still have my mom and I'm really, really grateful for that. Going through this process, it enriched my relationships even more because I finally gave all of me. I finally let go. I mean, I've gone through hills and valleys with surrender, but this was the big, big piece 
of still some of the turmoil I was still exhibiting within Elizabeth. I'd only gone through two instances in my life where I felt like I was being told, like, trust me, trust me. Well, when I was driving to take my car in for maintenance, I wasn't listening to music at the time. I hadn't listen, been listening to music for about six months. And I usually listen to music every single day, you know? It was like inside me, tell me, but it wasn't like I heard a voice outside of me. It was like, aren't you tired of it? And I was like, oh my, I knew what it was. It was the pain I was still holding on to. You know, I took my car in, got home, and I told my husband, and he's like, well, maybe you should write about it and take your friend's suggestion. And I'm like, really? I don't want to write, <laughs> you know? Because writing, I mean, we have to do steps. I mean, that's a lot of writing. For me, I've gone through steps four times, and I was like, and each time, it's a deep, you get a deeper sense of, oh, oh my, you know, it's more layers of the onion and the truth of who we are, and we evolve more. And it was so wonderful for me to, um, to go through that process. How did you end up finding the program? So for me, I basically got into a program with the help of a friend because I was desperate. I surrendered. I, I mean, I always believed in uh, God because I was raised Lutheran. I'm a Catholic now because I converted prior to even getting clean and sober. And that was in 2003. And I remember when I was in denial before I got into uh, even admitting that I even had a problem and then finally became honest that I have a problem and I need help. I reached out to a friend who had gotten sober and he said, well, Liz, if you want to be my friend, you got to quit. So I just, I said, oh yeah, oh yeah, I want to be your friend. <laughs> Today, you know, unfortunately, we're not speaking, which is not, it's okay. I have struggled over the years because it was a very interesting circumstances. But after I got into a program, which I started out in AA and then NA, and then I went back to AA, I've done the steps four times. And every time it's like I'm peeling this layers of things that, that I was holding on to. Reservations, resentments. The title of the book is called It, the Ugly, Icky Stuff, and How I Learned to Trust. It took me years to fully trust the God of my understanding. And it was just this past July. I was only giving him, the God of my understanding, what I allowed. And I wasn't, because of pride, now, in program, in the 12 steps, they talk about especially in the fourth step, which is the seven deadly sins, which how they show up in our lives. Well, pride was evident because of this situation with this individual that had helped me. I connected it to God that I, it was like my precious. Like I, I use, actually, it's my precious, it's mine. It's like that was my ring and I, I hit it so deep. I thought I had dealt with it. I thought I had already let go. Nope. Over the last 16 years, after I got into recovery in 2003, slowly I got the willingness. I uh, forced myself to say yes every single day, go to a meeting, taking commitments, being of service, and showing up for my life. And it, basically, that experience changed my attitude. I went from being impatient to patient because you're dealing with so many different walks of life 
in any fellowship you are in. Open-mindedness is after getting into recovery in 2003, I had to basically take suggestions of people who were already in program, who had already walked the, the path. Of course, I knew it all, but I needed to shut up and listen and not always share and just get the message because there's something there that I need to learn about Elizabeth. I was a newcomer. I was like, in a, in a sense, I was like a baby. That process kind of led me to growing in faith and trusting the people in the rooms, which led to a deeper faith and trust in a, a power greater than myself, eventually. We all get there when we get there. In the AA, we, we say uh, we're like snails. I am a snail sometimes. I, I, I'm slow or a turtle. <laughs> you know? For me, my own experience is that I will experience the steps in different areas of my life. Now, some things I would not want to give up. Like, I didn't want to give my creator everything, all of my heart, because of pride. Because I connected this experience with that extended family and this individual I still hold very dear to my heart, but I don't possess it. Like it's not my precious anymore. It's like my outlook now is like, you know what? God's got his eye on it. He's going to take care of it. I have got to trust. I, every day I have to make that decision. Like you're not going to get in the way of other people's lives and you're just going to live your life the best that you can. And you don't have to pick up or drink or lie or cheat because you're really, I'm really would be only hurting Elizabeth. So it is a choice. Every day is a new day. What happened yesterday is in the past. We will glance at the, at the past just for review to kind of learn from, but no, we don't have to reside there because then we'll just feel guilty. But anybody, I mean, anybody that wants, um, wants a new way of a new life and recovery and it doesn't, who wants things to change, doesn't know how to just go to a meeting, start there reach out. I know, I, know it's, I know it's hard because especially when they pass that, that list around in meetings for people to call, there's a reason why they do that. And I used to call everybody. And now people call me. I practice this, this way of thinking. Um, it's, uh, it's called Wu Wei. It's like, you know, although I'm Catholic, it's a being in harmony with others and in life and going with the flow, going with the river. Just being in acceptance of everyone outside of me and not wanting to control. I can only control Elizabeth. Now I don't have to get mad or lose my cool. I don't, I, that's like, that's a whole different thing as well. You know, I mean, I don't have to react anymore. I can just be pause and, you know, there's something in pausing that is so like, wow. I am a new person. And every day is a new day that I get to practice being that person. The person I was, I mean, it was crazy. I drank alcohol and used for seven years. And that's a long time. It was bad. I was lying, I was stealing. I lost jobs. I just didn't, I, I was, it was bad. The way I treated others, it was just crazy. And there's no way I'm going back to that. No way. Each person in recovery views the first step and the second step. And when they get to three, and then they'll either 
won't want to do the four step, they'll sit on it. I have uh, seen women in recovery where they'll do one, two, and three, relapse, one, two, and three, relapse. It's like a fear because the four step is the inventory. And if you do it the way I did it, in some groups, depends on the meeting you go to. I went to a, eventually I went to a meeting, a secret meeting that wasn't even in the directory. And we decoded, we decoded the big book. It was like, OMG. It was, it took me two years, but I'm so grateful for doing that. The woman that took me through that process, because you have to have a guide. She was my maid of honor. She's still one of my uh, closest friends. I talk to her all the time. And I'm very close with her. I love her dearly. And I still, I still go to meetings and I still show up. I'm still of service. Sometimes I'm the last person to leave because I'm helping out putting chairs away. I try to be selfless and helpful because that removes self-centeredness. And I don't always share in meetings. It's sometimes it's just good to go and just listen. Being an observer and listening to others and what they're going through. Maybe the newcomer needs to share instead of me. You know, maybe putting $5 in the, you know, in the seven tradition instead of two. It's doing a little more for your recovery each day. I mean, I'm not saying I'm, I, my recovery is perfect. I still have, I still have problems like everybody else, but I don't have to use to self-medicate those problems. And that's the willingness to say yes to what I have found. I found Elizabeth, the real Elizabeth. Uh, I found out and, you know, yeah, AA is the first one, but there's 400 offshoots of AA. 400. You can be um, an addictive personality. It's, it can be anything. Be shopping, sex, drugs, alcohol cooking, debt, whatever. It can be anything that brings you pleasure. That's a problem. And anything in excess is just, uh, you know, for me, drinking and using, it's not negotiable. I, I can't even exhibit it. I have to be careful with uh, shopping because in this process of getting clean and sober, I lost like 218 pounds and I went crazy, which I still, I have a problem with shopping. Now that I've admitted that, it's not killing me, but in a sense, it's killing my pocketbook, you know? I'd rather have that than drugs or alcohol. I don't go crazy. I don't have to spend $400. I'll maybe buy myself a nice blouse or maybe I'll go play makeup at Sephora or Macy's or whatever. And I just have like a girl time. That's like Elizabeth date. Before I got married, I dated myself. I lived by myself for 10 years before getting into a relationship and getting married. They say in uh, early recovery, when you're new, don't get into a relationship. Yeah, there's a reason. Well, I took 10 years, not a year. I don't have kids of my own. I can't have kids, unfortunately, but that's okay. I came to terms with all that. I healed from all that. I have self-forgiveness, patience, and tolerance. I have the fruits of the, of the program and the spirit that I never thought that I would ever possess. And I don't want to lose that. I think if I was to ever go back out, I would lose Elizabeth. I would I'd probably die. It's like Russian roulette. I, I'm not doing it. It's not worth it. I like Elizabeth today. I am so grateful for the women and men in the rooms 
all the rooms I've ever walked in, who mentored me and who stood by me and who guided me in this self-discovery process that I am still discovering because I'm still evolving and who cheer me on and my family. And I have this whole different relationship with my family now as a result. And unfortunately, my dad's not here, but I think my dad's probably smiling, smiling down saying, hey, way to go. I just try to remain optimistic in this process of life, trying to be negative. The negative talk, I'll call it the committee inside your head. What is that? <laughs> you know, like self-doubt. The, the lies I would tell myself before I finally gave my whole heart was what was killing me because I was, I was wallowing in, in the guilt. Having a, a falling out with someone doesn't necessarily mean it's over. We're in a timeout. And that happened. So I just need to be constantly in acceptance of I'm not in control of others. One thing I try to exhibit is compassion and just being friendly and just being a good human. That's really all that's required is to just want love one another and love yourself and your creator. That's what the meetings really are designed to do is to put you in touch with a power greater than yourself. A power greater than myself was my addiction and, and drinking. That was my idol. That fixed me before I even found the rooms. Eventually, after doing the process, going through the process and unveiling the truth in segments, I found out, I keep finding out, and I keep staying true to myself. You know, me writing a book is not about the dollar. It's about helping the person who still suffers carrying the message to the person who needs the message of hope. That's pretty much my story in a nutshell. Thank you so much for sharing with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. If you'd like more information about Elizabeth or her book, you can find her at elizabethgrant.my-free.website. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Survey. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a rating or a review, and please be sure to tell your friends about us. If you'd like to get in contact with us, we have a brand new website. It's recoverysurvey.com. Until next time, I've been your host, Brett. Thanks for listening.